Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we, again, have a loaded show for you this week. I thought last week's show was wild and crazy with all the rumors and everything going on over uh, Valentine's weekend, as I talked about, uh, you know, just all the alerts and people talking and whatnot. And this week, it started out, you know, kind of the same thing. The Ducks playing the wild and uh, uh, losing these games, the first one. Uh, you know, just kind of the way things went, it's just what we've seen all season. But then, of course, this next weekend comes up and all hell breaks loose again. We have the uh, Henrique news that he's placed on waivers. Then we have Trevor Zegers being called up. Pretty much a roller coaster uh, weekend again of a bunch of things going on. So we're going to cover all that. Uh, we're pretty much going to dive into it right away. We'll, we'll kind of cover some of the games in there, but plenty to talk about. Uh, because those things all happen in between them. Uh, we also have another podcast poll that we'll talk about with uh, Aikens and his uh, ice time management of Zegras. A lot of you are not happy uh, with that. And then we'll talk about the outdoor games as well that came up and tons of fan questions to get to. So, uh, you know, I, I cracking up, Eddie, uh, just another week, you know, uh, of craziness going on. The Ducks... Uh, obviously not playing well as we've talked about they went into this game against minnesota the first one uh, they ended up losing this one three to one they didn't play horribly but i I guess the bad thing about this game is uh, not only that they lost but uh hampus lindholm was hurt as well and he got knocked out so the ducks continue to lose and as we talked about their blue line has been the strong point of this season for the most part and losing one of their top four um, does not help, uh, you know, going into the rest of these games as we'll get into throughout the show. Yeah, well, I think we had a fan question a few shows ago where he asked, "What can the the, the Ducks do to ever get national, not not support, but more national coverage, news coverage from the league and the, and everywhere else?" So I think Murray's doing that of. Of, of what he's doing. First, we had all the trade rumors that blew up. Then we had Henrique going on waivers and the, the call-up of Z. So whoever asked, I totally forgot who asked it, but whoever asked it, you got your wish because the Ducks have definitely made some headlines in the last few weeks. Um, that first game, I, I don't know, Mike. I, I don't know about you and how other fans are thinking, but some of these games are getting really hard to watch. And I think it's just hard sitting there trying to, to really dive into these games when the Ducks are playing so horribly, and not just that, I get it, they're, they're in that, that rebuilding mode, but it seems like there's no heart at all to these teams, and, and what frustrates me the most is they show glimpses of, of like the flashes of greatness. You can see where, where they could possibly to jump up and, and steal these games and make some good plays and, and actually play a little more grit and the heart, but they just keep letting us down, and then this game, yeah, you get a beautiful goal from Sam Steele, a little spin-around goal, which is just amazing. And uh, He's been kind of slumping, so a goal like that can really bring his confidence back up. It was great. And, and then you go ahead and lose Hampus Lindholm, who hasn't been playing that, that bad at all this season. It's just uh, That's another just kick in the face right there to the Ducks. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's funny. You talk about stealing games, and Sam Steele had uh, a great goal in this one, got the Ducks back into it. They were down by one. And you felt like they had a little bit of momentum at that point, and maybe they could have, you know, stole a point or two 
in this game. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the late goal there in the third period by the Wild pretty much erased any hope of that. But um, it's just been frustrating. And I agree with you. It feels like this team, we've talked about, A, not having an identity. Uh, and it seems sometimes to change. Like they'll, they'll play great in the first period and then poorly in the second period and then great in the third, you know. Or, or there's always like one period that we've talked about of the three that uh, I don't know what goes wrong with this team. They just have like a malfunction or whatnot. And, it, you know, it's strong words that you're talking about, you know, with the no heart part. But I agree. It, it, it's like you watch some of these contests and they go through the motions and you're, and you're just kind of like, okay, guys, we know you haven't played for a long time. You're, you're one of those teams in that group that wasn't in that crazy playoff thing uh, during all the lockdowns and all that stuff. So, you know, you get out there. It's, a, again, another shortened season. And, yeah, it's tougher. You got Vegas and Colorado now added to the division who are up there, you know, just destroying it right now, playing very well. And but the Ducks at some point they were you know fourth fifth place hanging in there. Then they dropped towards the bottom of the division. It's not a lot of points out like we've talked about. Um, we're not really surprised that the Ducks aren't you know a, a serious contender. But I think we would agree if the Ducks lost every single game and they played their heart out. You know, gave it their all and exciting. I think, you know, I, I would take that and watch that more than this where, yeah, they're losing more than they're winning, but I, I'm with you. For some reason, it, it seems like they need a wake-up call. I don't know necessarily what it is. Uh, it seems like after this game, going into the weekend, uh, Bob Murray felt like that wake-up call was putting Adam Henrique on waivers, which, of course... You know, basically comparing the last podcast, we talked about Valentine's Day, everything going nuts. Well, that's what happened on that Saturday. As soon as uh, Henrique was placed on waivers, you know, everyone's blowing up social media. Uh, I'm getting messages on my phone and whatnot, and everybody's wondering what's going on. So that was kind of Murray's response. I, you know, he's talking about his his quote in here. Um, you know, he, he says that Adam is not alone in this. But I think the other part of it is, is I'm tired of talking and waiting. We need results and difficult decisions must be made. Um, I mean, I get it, but, you know, you want to send Henrique down on waivers? I mean, that that's your message to the team? I mean, you're taking a veteran guy and then saying, you know, we don't like the way you're, you're playing, so we're going to send you down. But you're not alone in this. And, and Aikens echoes that too. It, that just doesn't sit right with me. I, I just don't... I don't know. And I think a lot of people out there, you listening, uh, agree. I, I mean, you're going to say that, but then send him down. You didn't send anybody else down on waivers. We didn't really hear anything else about, you know, certain players not performing uh, as well and getting booted. It just it just seems kind of strange to me. I don't know if there's more going on uh, outside of what the performance is on the ice. But um, what do you think, Eddie? I mean, no heart and then... Murray does this and sends him down on waivers. I mean, what what do you think's going on? I don't know what the hell Murray is thinking, and some of the stuff he said, he, he's just kind of delusional a little bit. Like, I, I agree with them though. I'm tired of waiting, and, and you know, tired of waiting, and these results and, and difficult decisions must be made. Yeah, it, we're tired of waiting too. We're tired of hearing the same crap. 
that that you keep spilling out to us. Like we're tired of it. Just stop talking. That's the best thing you can do for the Anaheim fan base. We we already know what you're gonna say. We don't care anymore. Yes, the first few years, it's like we had a glimpse of hope because you're a really good speaker and you just got us to believe the words that were coming out of your mouth. But now it's there's no actions to back up your words. It's just the same situation, the same result. Like I I I don't mean to sound negative, but I'm just getting tired of, of seeing this. It's it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's not fair to the the team. It's not fair to your fans. It's just fans don't tune in to watch a team lose and like you said mike if they would have played with their their heart and they had a different way to approach these games and they still lost at least you could have some pride like hey we played our hardest obviously you know the other team played better they scored more goals than we did they won but you can't say that with these games you you, you're losing teams like like minnesota and arizona you shouldn't be losing those kind of teams that bad and letting those teams just kind of mop the floor with you i see a lot of fans too saying hey why don't you bring the goals up and let let them play the ducks in a series at this point i think the goals might take the ducks it's just it's nuts the whole Adam Henrique thing, too, was a big shocker. I'm glad I didn't sleep in that Saturday, too. I woke up at the perfect time. I wasn't, like, in the beginning when it all hell broke loose, but I was kind of, like, an hour after it. So I was like, oh, okay. I couldn't believe it at first. I thought someone was just blowing smoke up my ass or something. I'm like, okay, what's going on? But to even to put that quote out, Adam is not alone, that's just a big kind of F you to the player. Like, dude, you're setting a veteran guy on waivers. Uh, yeah, he's not performing well this season, but you can't really fault that on him, especially when you're le- like one of your leading scorers is Carter Rowney for the season. That's obviously not a Henrique problem. That's that that's a, a poor a Murray choice problem. And as far as his contract, that's another poor decision that that decision that Murray made as well. He, he didn't have to give him that long of a term and make him kind of untradeable or unwantable. I think the waiver thing is a little excessive, and I I, I can't see moving forward how this relationship can be salvaged and repaired. I think. We can uh, obviously be, you know, saying our goodbyes to Henrik pretty soon. I think another team will try to make a bid for him. Obviously, we're gonna have to swallow some, some, uh, some of his cap, some of his salary for those years, or we're gonna have to add an asset to it. But it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it's a relationship that could be fixed. Yeah, I think that's the big problem, and that's why I talked about in my article when it came out. <clears throat> you know, with the waiver thing on that day, and then you know the Ducks went in, they played the Wild. <laughs> they got destroyed in the second game against the Wild. I mean, uh, you know, and a lot of people were cracking up. Oh, yeah, putting Henrik on waivers really helped, right? Because he didn't play in that game. Uh, don't forget the Ducks didn't have Lindholm. They brought up Mahura in that game as well. We'll cover that in just a minute. But as far as the Henrik thing, you know, the next day, of course, you have to wait 24 hours, right? So everybody had that news on Saturday. They played the game which was probably one of their worst games of the year, this the second one against Minnesota, and they just got blown out, you know, 5-1. to one. It, it, That game, I, I had people telling me that they actually turned off the game, you know, and I watch them all, even when they're getting blown out. I mean, I, I stick there and I watch them, so we can, you know, post all our little things on there for Twitter for everybody and, and Facebook and whatnot, all the updates and everything. But, uh, yeah, where do they go from here with Henry? Because as we talked about, <clears throat> when he was benched, uh, in the Seattle, uh, excuse me, uh, St. Louis, um, he played the one game, his probably his worst game. Then it got benched the next one. Then we found out word that hey, New Jersey was kind of interested, and that there were some trade rumors uh, about Henrique. And then with this, nothing uh, materialized. And you pointed out to it the contract, right? The five point eight million for the next three years. Uh, again, he was one of the best performers last season, but now this season he's not up there in terms of offense, is what we're talking about, not just you know everything else, but. 
um, when it comes to scoring and whatnot. Um, you know, he finally started getting a couple goals, but he hasn't been at the level that you know might be good in terms of uh, trade market value, and that's what I'm talking about. I don't think Henrique has played terrible this season, in my opinion. I really don't. I, I mean, I think he's had some games where he hasn't played great. And yes, that St. Louis game was one of them. But I think the team as a whole has had issues. So to single him out and put him on waivers like that uh, could have been a hey, F you, like you said, Eddie, because hey, we can't trade him. He has this big amount uh, of salary, 5.8 for three years. If we waive him, maybe someone will pick him up and take him. And we mentioned that the Devils did have cap room to pick him up. And there were a couple other teams out there. But it seemed unlikely. And then obviously it didn't. And and when I wrote that article, I said, well, you know, he cleared. It looks like he's going to go to the taxi squad. And and that's what happened. He's on the taxi squad. So I still think there's things out there in the works. Um, He could be traded, you know, anytime. uh, But like you said, any kind of deal isn't really going to be one that Murray's going to like. Because... He's going to have to retain some salary. He's going to have to give up a draft pick or a prospect or something. He's going to have to do something. It's not going to be a one-for-one if he's going to trade him. So it puts this team in a bind, Eddie. And I think it's a bad situation all the way around because you're saying he's not alone. You single him out. And, I mean, you're sending a message like, okay, you know, he's one of the senior guys. If you don't perform... You could be waived. I, I just, I think that's too much. I, I, I agree with the benching. I don't agree with him being waived. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think he's played that bad this season. Obviously, his offensive numbers aren't where they should be or where they need to be, but that's as, as a team as a whole. You can't really have that responsibility all on Henrik's back for that. He's, he's He is the number one center the Ducks have this season. Gets off I would be number two. But just the, the the waiver thing was one thing, and I get it. It's business. Maybe we're speaking as fans a little bit more than, than business aspect of it. Okay, I can understand that, and I can get you know where that's coming from. What other fans want to talk about that business aspect too. What really pisses me off about the situation is that quote: "Adam is not alone in this." That just pisses me off. It's that reminds me of an ex boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever you guys you know, whoever listens to our female listeners too, or whoever you choose to date. When you when they break up with you, they say, "Hey, well, you know what? It wasn't me, or it, you know, it's not you, it's me." That just made me think of that. Like you're just that's like the ultimate slap in the face, and that would probably piss me off the most. It did piss me off for the players, so and, and that wasn't even me. And, and you best believe uh, Henrik was a little bit happy to see the Ducks lose when he got this wave and he got scratched. He even liked one of the tweets I sent you from Ali Lozoff when they uh, when they lost the game. She posted something about the post-game presser with Homer Simpson going back into the bush. He liked that. So obviously he he was had an eye on this game. But just to single him out and then say hey, he's not alone, it's just, I think it's absolute BS. It just furthers my feel of my dislikement toward Murray even more. Yeah, I, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I, I think it's making more problems uh, with this team as a whole. And then, you know, we saw that happen. They go out and play the Wild again. And I had some mixed feelings with that game, too. I was kind of like, you know, I want the Ducks to do better. I want them to win. I don't, you know, I don't want them to lose. But, I mean, they got smoked in this game. This was worse than the first one. I mean, they were down 3 nothing in the uh, beginning of the second period. Um, you know, you had David Backus back in there in the lineup, and he gets a goal, and that's like your only highlight of the whole game. I mean, the Ducks got destroyed in the faceoff circle. They got blown out 5-1. to one. Um, They're going around hitting people. I mean, they're, they're doing that, but 
I mean, this game, there's not a lot of good takeaways, really, um, from this one, other than, uh, you know, you had uh, Mahura up there, who actually got credit for the goal originally, and then it was, um, you know, later awarded to Bacchus, and uh, Mahura's played fine in these last couple games, you know, having to fill in with Lindholm out, and uh, it's you know I guess that's a, a tiny bright spot maybe but I, there just hasn't been a lot to look at so you see this game and they keep on losing of course the Wild one of Eddie's you know teams he really loves so they lose to both the you know both uh, contests to them and it keeps on sliding keeps on sliding right next day they have the waiver thing and he clears the waivers and then of course you get the news that hey. You know, Trevor Zegras is going to be called up. He's at practice. You know, there's a good chance he's going to play in Arizona, which he does. And it's kind of funny, Eddie. I mean, looking at everyone's reaction when Zegras got called up, there was even more skepticism. It was cracking me up. They, uh, all of you, basically, when I was reading different comments throughout social media, were saying, okay, they're ha-, you know, a lot of us were happy. Hey, bring up Zegras, some excitement to the team. Um, the season's you know not completely lost. Now it's going to be at least fun to watch and whatnot. Which which I thought the game against Arizona was very entertaining till the end. But some other people were saying, did they bring up Zegras just to like try to you know save Murray's you know what? I, I mean I thought that was interesting or or, or Aikens too you know and, and now it, it's crazy because I think there's blood in the water and everybody is taking shots at Murray. And now you can add Aikens, too. And we'll get into that in the Arizona game in a minute because of uh, Zegers and his ice time. A lot of people are very upset. A lot of you sent us uh, comments and stuff. But what do you think? Do you think that calling up Zegers was a desperation move? Or do you think it was like, okay, let's give the fans what they want or a combination or what? Yeah, it was pure desperation. And I'm not saying anything bad on Zegris, I think he's a fantastic player, and I think he deserves to be in the NHL. Just the way the, the games I've seen him play in the AHL, and then the game I've seen him playing against in Arizona, he, he he looks comfortable, especially given that that some power play time. He looked like a seasoned vet on that power play. I loved seeing that. I think Murray just did it as a PR stunt. Just hey, you know, I'm calling him. I'm doing something for the team because he got a lot of blowback from the Henrique. It seemed like, and he just did it for a PR thing. And I think he did it. Not for the player, not for the team. I think he mainly did it for himself. I, I think it was more of a selfish move than anything. Now that, that's something against Zegers. I think he he can you know, he can stay up and he can he can learn and benefit. However, like I posted on Twitter, I don't want him being part of that crap show that that they call a team in Anaheim. I don't want him to get used to losing. I don't like that mentality. You're here to win games. That's it. That's your number one job should be is to win games. And if you if you're not doing that. Uh, and you got to be figuring out ways to do it. It seems like the Ducks are comfortable and they're content with their losing ways. And I don't want that to rub off on Zegers. And I don't want those bad habits of some of the veteran players that we see rub off on him. He's going to be a great player. He's going to be a superstar in this league. And I want him to get used to that winning mentality and always be hungry for it. And just always want that steak and not just be content with a veggie burger or something. And nothing wrong with veggie burgers if you guys are just figure of speech. <laughs> I, I'm with you too. It, the... I, I love seeing him come up and play. I, I thought he did great in this game uh, against Arizona. But I'm with you. It's all about the timing. So you have Henrique go down on waivers. He doesn't get picked up by another team. 
you know, there's also the other part of that is was Murray trying to do some other kind of trade, right? Did he have that cap space lined up for another move and then it didn't work out? And so he's like, okay, well, crap, what do I do now? Well, let's just bring up Zegris and, you know, everyone will be like, yeah, Zegris, like deflection, you know, like squirrel, squirrel. Yep. Uh, over there. Yep. Here you go. Hey, here's here's our shiny toy, Zegris. You know, don't, don't. And it yeah. worked. And it worked for yeah. everybody. And it did. Everybody, including us, we went we went nuts too. You yep. know, posting stuff. Everybody's going nuts, right? People making jokes. You know, Zegras sneezes and everybody goes crazy, right? So um, uh, it, that's definitely part of it. I think that's the underlying uh, story to this. And I, I think that part is kind of interesting because they were talking about bringing him up sooner. We had Tamu Solani was saying bringing him up sooner. He was liking the interview with Zegras. He was posting stuff, uh, you know, on social media. Uh, weeks, exactly. He had all these people saying, "Okay, like, what are you guys doing? Like, uh, you know, free Z, uh, bring him up." And uh, he comes up in this Arizona game, and man, like, talk about like, uh, like giving you a, like a ball of joy, and then like just ripping it away from you. That's what this this game against Arizona was. It's just so crazy the first period ducks come out like going nuts scoring goals um they got a different couple power plays zegras had a fantastic pass to raquel almost scored and then a couple fights too we see max jones um getting into it chirping away he dukes it out then we see grant drops the gloves right after that and even the beginning of the second period the ducks got another goal they're up three nothing and you thought, wow, okay, the Ducks are fun. They're entertaining again. You're seeing a more grit like we've talked about. Uh, they, they're actually doing stuff on special teams. Everything was good. And then uh, <laughs> things just fall apart. Um, they, they give up a bunch of goals. Uh, the Coyotes get back into it. You know, They score all three in the second period to tie the game up, even with the controversial goal we'll talk about a little bit too, that third one. And then they get the go-ahead in the third period and they win. And man, I, I mean, you just got to be like shaking your head. The Ducks were like shooting them out of the building in the first period. You thought they were going to blow them out. And when they were up 3 nothing, I, I thought the Ducks had a really good chance to win this game. And then by the end of the second period, you were sitting there going, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And then they, they couldn't pull it out in the third. I mean, th this game was just, it was like a big tease, Eddie. Oh yeah, that first period was just going bananas. Uh, during the warm up, though, the, the Ducks players looked a little more like they were having fun, looked energized, a little loose. I liked seeing that, and it kind of translated to that first period. But then they just they went back to their old ways, and and they let that lead slip out, slip away from them. Like a, a three low, a three goal lead, it should be almost a lock. And if not, you should be trying to get that fourth and fifth and sixth goal. You should, especially this season when you it's you're having problems scoring goals. You should do everything in your power to score those goals. But that didn't happen in this period. I have to give credit to the Arizona Coyotes players, though. They did not back down from the Ducks. The Ducks were throwing their body around that first period, really out hitting them, and they came up and rose to the challenge. I did like the fact that Kemper went after Jones. Uh, I, I Larson was over there cross-checking Jones. Jones scores. He starts mouthing off to Larson, their captain, while he's on the ground. Kemper, without hesitation, went and got his captain's back. And that's exactly what hockey players are supposed to do. Take notes for other Ducks players that that, that that didn't do anything and just give you a love tap when they went after Gibson. 
your best player and not really rising up to the challenge for that. So I really have to give credit to them. And, so, and that Garland guy, too. I didn't know how tiny that guy was. He looked like 165 pounds. He's over there just being a little pest. He's a little piece of crap, dude. But, you know, I like the way he plays. I wish the Ducks would play like that. They'd get more teams afraid of them. They generate more opportunities and scoring chances. That third period, I was like, okay, the Ducks maybe might be turning it around. They got some energy going. And no, they just all, like did a 180 from the first period, went back to their old ways, and ended up losing. And to make insult to injury, you just don't play Zekris as much. You bring him up and just handcuff him. Let him do what he does. Like, yes, he's a rookie. I get that. But you know what? At this point, the Ducks aren't generating offense, and this kid loves offense. It's like a perfect match right there. Let him go out and do what he can do. You, you threw him in the, at the end of the game in a, a really high-stress situation. He rose up to that challenge, and he almost got a tuck. Like, he almost had the game. It just I think a little bit more shifts. Who knows? He probably would have got his first NHL goal, and he probably would have been that factor and at least made the game more interesting to get that, that tie. Uh, I don't know. It just... I know a lot of fans just exploded after that. It's seen, I know, like, and nothing, nothing against Delorier, but seeing him put on the second line and Zegras not, that just lit a fire under. I, I was surprised the fans didn't go with Pitchforks to Honda Center over there. Yeah, that was a big uh, sticking point with a lot of people. Was not just the fact that he wasn't out there as much, but then you had Grant and Delorier uh, filling in different roles in there. And then more problems, I think, again, comments this time from Akins that a lot of you got upset with, and, and I agree, was they talked about, uh, you know, why Zegers wasn't out there. And he said, well, you know, I didn't want to put pressure on him with those, you know, defensive zone responsibilities and whatnot. And I mean, I, I get it. I get what he's saying, but it just seemed kind of weird. I mean, you had Grant that turned over the puck, you know, and we, you know, Eddie and I love Grant. Y'all know that, but he, he's not been playing well this year. Let's just be straight up. And then you have Delorier too in, in the mix for these, these, you know, defensive zone responsibilities. I'm like, are, are you, are you serious? You're telling me that Grant and Delorier are better defenders than Zegras. I mean, maybe, but even if they were, I don't think it's much. Uh, you know, I think Zegers actually held his own pretty well in that game. What I really think all that meant is I think it had to do with the Coyotes, like you said, coming back at the end of the first period physically and taking it to the Ducks physically from that point on. I think Akins was concerned that if somebody took a run at Zegers, that that's the underlying thing that that's just my opinion what i think it is i don't think it has anything to do with this defensive zone responsibility because i think zegers can handle himself defensively just as much as those guys but he's just not a big body and, and a younger player you know i i think that's more of the concern there and, and maybe akins doesn't want to talk about it i don't know but that that's kind of something that you know after thinking about it i really kind of digested that game looked at the comments with Akins. I mean, yeah, I think it's true. He didn't want to put too much pressure on him, but I think the reasoning there, I think he's kind of telling a half truth. That's just my take, Eddie. Yeah. Well, if you're going to just bring him up just to kind of, you know, babysit him and not let him, you know, experience the NHL and kind of know what it takes to play the NHL, including being, you know, part of that physical game, then sit him. Or send him back down to San Diego. If you're going to handcuff him and not let him play to his full ability, then what's the point of, of bringing him up? Hey, uh, we're going to bring you up. But we're going to like, sit you down once our things start getting rough. Okay, that sends a message to every team in the league that's going to play against the Ducks. If you're playing against uh, this team with this fresh, this hot rookie right now that that they just called up, 
Just tell, start throwing some body around. They'll bench him, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. Take him out. It's a factor. You can take that player out before you know he even starts getting hot. It's just that, that yeah, I get that logic. I don't get that logic. I'm not even gonna try to sit here and act like I get that logic. It makes zero sense to me. There's players that were smaller than him and younger than him that that came up in the league, and that that were able to play those minutes and play that physical game. He he did take the hit in his first shift. He got a, a pretty good hit from Chukrin or whatever his name is. I, I believe yeah, he he took a nice little body hit. He didn't go down. He still stood up, skated, and he he played well. I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm fr- I'm frustrated, just like a lot of you fans are. And regardless of of his motive to bench him, it's it the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm not a professional NHL coach or or whatever, but you you bring a player that that has that much heat on him right now and that much just like spark. Let him go. Light the fire pump his tires a little bit like that kid has a little cocky swag to him get that going get that puck in the back of the net get that puck on his stick let him create opportunities let his his confidence get up his mom and dad were in the building i'm pretty sure he was trying you know extra hard too to to play his his even better game knowing that his parents were in it and not only his first nhl game especially at a time like this where fans aren't really allowed in buildings and his parents got that rare opportunity to watch him make his NHL debut, let him run wild and see. Obviously, if he takes a few hits and he wasn't responding the way you you think he should respond, then you can adjust your coaching thing. But I didn't see one one hit or one physicality that would make me think that he can't handle himself at that point. And I agree with you. I I just think that maybe that was his reasoning uh, with them getting all physical and Jones fighting, Grant fighting, all the big hits. Them getting kind of the duck skin, maybe he wanted to pull him back a little bit for that. But I, me personally, I think Zegers can handle it. I think he can take it. I mean, like you said, I've seen him get a couple hits, and he seemed fine to me. Yeah, he, he's he's a, a little bit of a lightweight. Duh, he's freaking nineteen years old. What do you expect? But there was another lightweight that came on the team, uh, Paul Korea, and you know he he did pretty fine uh, for most of his career. And that's kind of who Zegers reminds me of in some aspects. You know, with shooting, passing, skating. And all the things that he does, uh, you know, very similar in certain aspects. And, you know, Korea wasn't the biggest guy either. So if it's going to take Delorier knocking somebody out or when Manson comes back, then, I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. I'm not saying that's why Aikens did that. I'm just thinking because the Coyotes changed the tone of the game at the end of the first period and carried it the rest of the way. Maybe Aikens felt, hey, we're up 3 nothing. I don't need him to go out there when the stuff's getting all chippy and rough and we'll be fine. And then, of course, that blew up in his face because they came back in the second period and scored three goals. It's just something that I'm looking at here. And If you look at the numbers in the first period, um, Zegers was out there for five minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, three minutes and 18 seconds were on the power play. So he, he was out there for a good portion of the first period, and then it tapered off. After that, he barely played eight minutes for the rest of the game. And he only had about a minute 20 on the power play after that. So you you didn't see him as much after the the opening there. He finished the night with uh, 13 minutes and 14 seconds. Plus one, couple shots on goal. Eight minutes and 37 seconds, even strength. Four minutes and 37 seconds on the power play. He only got like a couple even strength shifts in that second period. I think like one or two. That was really it. So that kind of led us basically to our next segment. And our, you know, basically, uh, did you have something, Eddie? Yeah, I wanted to kind of end this game on a positive note. I know we've been a little critical, which that's our job to do is give you, you know, our our, our opinions on it. It's not always going to be good, 
But I think uh, his, his interview with his parents when they, they interviewed his mom and dad, I think it was the cutest interview and they were so excited and it made me excited for them and for him just how humble and, and they seem like really, really nice and caring people, loving people. That was really good to see. And also I want to talk about his flow, that hair. Holy crap. That's like he already has a, a 10 out of 10 on, on that flow. That's another positive thing you can take from this game. Oh, for sure. I mean, he seems like uh, just a really good kid. You know, he um, was raised. Max Jones petting yeah, him. Yeah, the whole hair thing in, in the beginning. Uh, the warm-ups was hilarious. Um, no bucket during warm-up either. Look, I see. I like that little that cockiness that he has. That that's a cocky move right there. If you don't know that, that's to, to go out there. I mean, like I don't know. But maybe him wearing number thirteen in San Diego. It's kind of that Solani thing is like kind of wearing off on him a little bit to go out there in that warm-up with no bucket. But I liked it. I, I liked seeing that. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw. I mean, yeah, he, I, I think he's confident. I don't think I don't think he's you know too much into himself. I, uh, like you said, a good interview seems like he has a good head on his shoulders, and uh, yeah, I mean, he brought excitement to the game. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, watching that game was one of the most entertaining games this season, despite them losing and and falling apart there. You know, especially uh, in the second period. So he does bring that uh, excitement and whatnot. And uh, I thought the Ducks looked fantastic on the power play. Uh, that's where they're primarily trying to use him, which was great. But I also want to see him get it out there on that even strength minutes as well and get some more time because you're you know you're messing up the chemistry when you're double shifting other players now and things like that. So that was the only little um, other I guess fallout point of not having him out there as much. But we did do a podcast poll question again. I throw it back to you guys to see, you know, what do you think? Because I saw people commenting both ways. And we asked, you know, what did you think about Akins and how he handled uh, Zegris? Did you think he was too cautious with his ice time or not? And the results might surprise you. I, I thought a lot of people would blow up and be like, yeah, they didn't play him enough. And, you know, what the hell is going on? Da, 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 da. And, and the poll that you guys did, it was more of you thought that he should have, you know, been out there. Uh, for some more shifts, especially five on five, but it was uh, sixty to forty percent in favor of him being out there more. I, I thought it would have been higher. So that's what you guys talked about. We had some good comments out there, and we'll read a couple of them, give some shout outs like we talked about. But we had uh, uh, Stephen uh, Yano. He talked about the five on five play and said, "Yeah, he was cautious with them. He thought it was okay having him out there." Uh, he, he really liked the, the fact that he had a chance to, quote, roam around on the power play. Uh, and that was a, quote, smart choice. So he liked that part. He thought a little cautious on the five on five. Okay, like the power play. Um, you had Dylan. He talked about giving him more minutes in the second period, which is what a lot of you echoed and were upset about. Uh, and he also thought he looked great in the first period. But, you know, these are some people talking about this. There's there's other opinions, too. Uh, yeah, Joel says uh, he didn't want to see too much of him yet. He's afraid of him getting injured, which is what I talked about. And I was wondering if that was in the back of Aiken's mind or if Murray told him that or whatnot. But it was definitely something once the, the physical play turned up by Arizona, I wondered if that was a factor. Obviously, Aikens didn't bring it up. But, again, just saying the defensive zone responsibility is why he didn't play him as much, eh, I, I don't know. And then you also had Chad that said, uh, you know, he liked that he didn't play as much. He, he thinks you should start him out slow and then get him warmed up and get him going. And that he'll think he's, he'll get his time. He said, quote, no need to rush. 
So what do you think about all those comments and, and how people perceive the minutes and, and whatnot, you know, rushing him uh, versus, you know, trying to hold him back and trying to find that happy medium? I mean, they're not wrong. Like uh, this aspect of it, no, no one's opinion is wrong and no one's right. It's just one of those things that how you feel to see it. Like with my justification is the Ducks are playing so poorly. Why not let him just do what he, he can do? Uh, you have players that, that, that the Senators Stutzel is young, two eighteen years old kid. He, he's out there, you know. He's playing. Uh, he, he he held his own. I think he was playing pretty decent over there with the Senators. It just it just puzzles me to to bring him up and just kind of hold him back. That that makes no sense for me. I don't know how you can kind of ease him in, throw him into the lion's den, and see what he can do. Like I'm sure, you know, back when I was younger, how I learned how to swim is my brother threw me in the deep end, and I learned how to swim that way. I didn't start off just going in the little three feet thing and holding it and try to swim. No, that's not how I learned. I learned how to be throwing in the deep end. And once I learned I can float and I can move my hands and legs and paddle, I, I can stay up and I can swim. Same with here. Just throw him in there. Let him get those minutes. Yeah, Let him prove that he can, that he belongs there. Let him prove that he can be an asset to the team. I know Chad mentioned too that he thinks that uh, that Zegers will be our future captain at some some point in his career, and I agree. Of a player like that, he's special. I just I understand everyone's argument about that and not it just kind of protecting him. Yeah, I feel that way too. I'm protective of him. He's he's a young kid. He's a player. He's he's our, our Ducks' future. One of the the things we have hope for. But I wanted to see more of him. I wanted to see what he can really do. And I think that we didn't really get to see a lot of that because he was being handcuffed. I, I I don't like that. Just go out there and play your game and and see what you can do. And we can polish the game from there. After your first game, we can polish it. He even mentioned too in his post game interview that. On the power play, he kind of blamed himself for Raquel not scoring. He's going to go back and see what he can do better. That's just a player that wants to get better and wants to help his teammates. And he blamed it all on himself. Even though he had no control over that, that shot going in, he just made a beautiful pass. He still took that responsibility. He has that, like you said, he has a good head on his shoulders. Just hearing him talk, he's humble. Yeah, he has that cocky attitude. That's his play, and he actually you know, he plays great enough to, to have that attitude. I think he, you know, he's, he's a great player. But I, I don't know. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see more he can do. Just him getting, just sitting on the bench cold and then going out there for a little bit. It's really not going to help him. It's not going to help get him going. He's, he's going to be stuck in that that cold spot, being sitting for that long. I, I don't know. That's one thing I didn't agree with. I, I wish I would have. I would have seen him more. Yeah, I think you used a good term there, talking about handcuffing him, and I think that's what a lot of you out there felt, especially in the second period. After, you know, he had a really good start in the first period. And I wonder, too, if this game would have been different if Raquel would have scored on that pass and the Ducks would have gotten their other goals. You know, if they would have gone up 4 nothing like you talked about uh, instead of just 3 nothing, they'd probably go on to win the game. I mean, going up, you know, I don't know all the stats, but going up 4-0 against any team, it's pretty hard to come back from. You know, you go up by two or three teams can still get back into it. So... Uh, I mean, just great chances there. He had a great chance at the end of the game to tie it up too. So I think it's appropriate talking about handcuffing him. And I think that's the concern that people are having going forward is they don't want him to be restricted. And like you said, if he's going to be restricted, go down to San Diego. So our little good, bad, and ugly segment we talk about we for this week would definitely be uh, the good would be bringing Zegris up. Right, the bad, uh, not playing him as much as uh, most people, or uh, we would say, uh, would want to see. 
And then the ugly, of course, is the Ducks keep losing, and uh, I guess we'll just add Bob Murray back to it. I mean, that's been a big sore spot. And, and a lot of you are upset. You're upset about him. You're upset about Aikens. A lot of questions, uh, especially with the Zegras stuff. Um, a lot. Uh, you guys hit us up on Instagram. We'll, we'll go into this next part. Uh, I hate playing the blame game, but I guess that's kind of what's been going on uh, recently amongst the fans. A lot of people are... are Concerned and rightfully so, right? We love this team. We want them to improve and do better. And as we've said, they've had a hard time finding their identity. They've had a hard time scoring offensively, um, you know, doing things on the power play as well. But uh, on Instagram, we had a Celos D. You know, he asked, "Do you think uh, Aikens and Murray should be fired?" Uh, we had Adam T Town. He also asked, "Will there be a change in the front office?" And uh, Chef Williams 86 talks about making serious noise for getting rid of Murray. And it's this is, I mean, we're beating a dead horse, but we got we to gotta go over this because it, it, I think the fire is getting hotter on this subject. And now Aikens has kind of been thrown into it this last week. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't blame Aikens as much. I think, yeah, he could have played Zegers a little bit more. Uh, I, I just don't fully think he's the issue. We went through the coaching issues with Carlisle coming back. Um, I know me just mentioning that name makes some of you probably just like cringe. But, you know, he came into the fold again. Didn't work out. You brought in Aikens, who was running a good system down there with uh, the goals in San Diego. Came up here. And, yeah, it doesn't seem to have translated as much as we would want here. But... I mean, a lot of this framework set up by the front office is set up by Murray. Uh, and there's a laundry list of things that will go in a little bit that have kind of screwed some of the stuff up. So, I mean, is Aikens completely you know, innocent of everything? No, of course not. He's a head coach. But I would put more of it for me on Murray than Aikens um, as far as who should go. I, I, I mean, you and I have already talked about this. We already said Murray should go. So that's not a surprise. I, I don't know if there's more you want to add to that, Eddie, as far as... You know what's gone on with Zegers and Aikens and stuff like that, but uh, between the two, I, you know Murray was the one that's been here the longest and has built his team. So obviously he has to own it much more so than uh, Dallas does. Yeah, uh, I'm not necessarily saying uh, our coach needs to go, but at this point the Ducks are just kind of digressed from last season. Like last season, you saw improvement from the season before so we can bank on that yeah they were still bad but there was a little bit improvement in their game which i liked this season feels like it's worse than last season it's like okay what's going on you're supposed to be trending upward not downward you're supposed to be walking forward not backwards it doesn't seem like they're doing that this season so i i i'm all for blowing everything up blowing it all up let's let's hit that reset button take the game out of the control blow the game put it back in and see if it works Obviously, it, this, whatever is happening and whatever is going on with the Ducks organization is not working. And you can just see it's going to spiral out of control and it's going to be a, a, a Red Wing kind of Senators kind of a situation going on soon. I, I don't like it. I, you know, We have to bring in a GM that could just do a complete overhaul. And if, uh, if Aikens has to be that collateral damage and, and has, has to be fired over that, then so be it. Let that GM, like I said before, get his own system going and change the whole culture in Anaheim and get them to winning again. That's all that matters. Do I think he needs to go? No, I, I've said that before. But I want the Ducks to win. I want this team to be a championship team. I want to be able to celebrate a championship, a Stanley Cup, and, and to talk about that on the show, to be part of that. I don't want to be 
90 years old still trying to jump on the Ducks and Pucks podcast if the Ducks are in the Stanley Cup final at that time. I know. I, I want to be able to celebrate a championship and see my team win that championship soon. It's just, I, I, I want to be there for that. And just the way things are going right now, and with Murray, like I said before, it's not going to happen as long as he's GM. I, I, I can, I, 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 at this point, I'm not going to be wrong. I'm not going to say I hope I'm wrong. I, I know I'm not going to be wrong. The Ducks will never win a cup as long as Murray's in town. And I, I, I say that. It sucks to say that, but it's the truth. So that's my take on it. I don't want to keep beating around like the, the same thing I say, but I, it seems like a topic that's coming up every single week. And, it's, and I don't think fans are getting tired of it. Maybe I'm getting tired of hearing myself say it because I see no action. But I don't know. I'm just It gets me really frustrated, Mike, because I, I love hockey. I love this team. I shouldn't be getting annoyed and hoping for games to be finished so I can shut it off. And I, I, at some point, I don't even look listen to the, some of the post-game interviews anymore. Yeah, I was excited yesterday. I watched uh, so I could see what Zegers had to say. But other than that, it's just getting really, really hard to watch. Like This team, it's, it's really bad. I, I, I watch other teams play. I watched a, a Senators play, and they're a terrible team. They're, they're probably the worst team, if not, yeah, they are the worst team in the league. But they seem like they have a little more jump, they, a little more energy, a little more fun to watch. And they seem they play with a little more heart. And that's sad to say because they're a crappy team, but at least they know the direction they're going and they're not trying to throw false motivation quotes and try to get you all pumped up and make excuses for, for what's going on. They accept that they're, their fate and they're working on it to better themselves as a hockey club, and I can respect that for the team. I wish the Ducks would be in that direction, but Murray just seems to like to do things for himself, it seems like. Yeah, that kind of leads to this other fan question that uh, we had on Instagram. We had L. Uh, Klaus uh, says, you know, is these past uh, three seasons one of the worst era in franchise history, if not what year? When was the last time the Ducks legitimately had a chance to win the Cup? 2015. And I think there's a lot of truth in that, and it goes back to Murray. I mean, in 2015, we all remember, Ducks were one game away from the Stanley Cup, and I'm sorry to dig a, a dagger in your heart, but you know, and re- reminisce about this crappy series, you know, with them losing those last couple games. But that was their last real big chance to make it. Yeah, they did go to the the uh, conference finals in 2016-17 and got knocked out by by Nashville, but I don't feel they're as as close there to do it. And and now you're looking at how they're, you know, gone since then. Uh, 17, 18, make the playoffs. You get swept by the Sharks. Embarrassing. Uh, 18, 19, don't make the playoffs. 19, 20, don't make the playoffs. Probably not going to make the playoffs this year, which we've talked about that. We said even if they squeak in at number four, why? They're going to get knocked out by uh, Vegas or Colorado. It's most likely who they would play. So, yeah, this era is not a good time for the Ducks. Is it the worst? I don't know about that. I mean, you can go back and look in history, uh, 99 to 2002, um, you know, those three seasons, um, 99, 2000, 2000, 2001, and then uh, 01 to 02. You know, they were really, really bad in the Pacific. Um, Just completely crazy losing records. And then, of course, 2002, 2003 is when they turned it around. Uh, We all know that. (laughs) Another dagger, I guess. But, you know, we went to the Stanley Cup and, and just missed it there, too. And then... Uh, you know, ever since then, the Ducks were you know pretty much making the playoffs almost every single season. Uh, you know, a couple in there they missed, but you know they had, we had serious contenders, especially in, in those years leading up to 2015. We really thought the team was you know we had high hopes, and now it's just completely flip flopped, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. So, is it the worst era? I, I would say not yet. Uh, there's still more games to be played in the season. 
But it's definitely going to be a rough ride the rest of this season, Eddie. Oh, yeah. And I would say it's the worst. And maybe other teams in the past had uh, worse records and things like that, stat-wise. But it just those teams in the past played with that grit and played a little more heart than I'm seeing this team play. And that's sad to say. And that kind of just hurts me to say that. I, I don't want to say that. And I don't want to question anyone's like heart to the game because that's probably not the case these players are probably you know have a lot of heart in it it's just the way it shows on the ice it doesn't seem like it it's just really sad and frustrating to watch and i'm sure a lot of fans are the same way when it comes to these games you're just getting really frustrated i i see you guys posting on on twitter and all the stuff that you tag us on which thank you for it we love the conversations but we we can see your frustration we hear it it's just it's 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 one of those horrible things and then to make insult to injury even worse um, with this whole contract thing, a lot of fans can't aren't being able to watch. I know one fan mentioned that he's he was following along Ducks and Parks for the clips and stuff. I forgot his name. Uh, sorry about that, but that's not fair either. So it's like okay, you're you're giving a crappy product on the ice for the fans that are watching, but the fans that aren't watching have to hear us complain about it and and talk about it. Which we're in, in us on Twitter and stuff. We're probably making it a lot worse than it is. But it's just I don't know I, I don't know Mike it's it's bad and something needs to change drastically with this Ducks team it's just it, it's it's not going to be pretty pretty yeah I I agree and for the people that can't watch the games that's even worse like you said and then you got to go on social media and then try and find posts or you know some illegal streaming website or whatnot very frustrating I think the only other part of this that I wanted to touch on because it seems like a lot of people aren't touching on it is the owners. Uh, we had one uh, I, uh, Instagram person, John Gibson's back, um, said he heard you know rumors about issues with the ownership. I, you know, I haven't heard any rumors with the, the ownership, so I'm not <laughs> not going to go there on that one. We've already had enough rumors from last week's show, so I don't know about that. But to me, uh, they're not completely innocent in this either, uh, or, or lacking responsibility. I mean, you have Murray in there, and you're letting him do what he's doing right now and i don't know if they're not paying attention or they're just they don't think it's as big of a deal or what but i mean they're the ones that have to look at this and have to know that the fans aren't happy and this team something's wrong the the mojo's not there uh consistently you know we've seen it in some games and stuff like that and uh i don't know something's gotta be fixed but I mean, like we said, you know, people are like, oh, is Murray going to be gone? I don't think so. I don't think the owners think he's a major problem. And I think that is part of the problem, is that they don't see him as being a big issue. And if they don't see him as being a big issue, I, I don't see him. I mean, he's going to be here for a little bit more with his contract. You know, I think until the owners really think it's a big issue, I, I don't see Murray going anywhere, Eddie. Yeah, and I don't understand how the owners could sit back and and let this happen. Like, I own things and I expect it to work properly. They own a team; that team should work properly. It should it should be going back to the to winning ways and doing whatever it can to get to that winning product on the ice. It just seems they're not, I guess, cutthroat enough. They're not. I don't know if they, how they deal with confrontation, but in in this game. And professional sports, you have to be you know, competitive. You have to want more. You have to have that killer instinct. If you, if you hire someone and they're not giving you their, their job or they're not giving you a product that's going to win on the ice, fire them. I don't care if they have 20 kids and that's their own source of income. 
That, that doesn't matter. This this is a competitive game, and the number one priority and number one thing on their mind should having a working product and winning. Obviously, they're content with what's going on. They're just sitting back. I don't know if, if that's... I'm just speculating. I'm just seeing what I'm throwing up my opinion. I, I don't know. Maybe they're they're breathing down Murray's back. That's why he's making these moves. I, I, I have no idea, but to let this happen for so long and not really drastically doing anything about it, it just speaks volumes of your guys' character as owners of the team. Because I'd be pissed if I were an owner and my team was performing the way it is. And, and you think these players and these, these owners and Murray, you think that they're not checking out all these blog sites, all, all the other people that have their blog sites, they're reading all this crap. They're putting their name on the little search bar and seeing what people are saying about them. It's human nature. Everyone's curious. Curiosity. It's just, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something, I have no idea. I just, I, I want it to get fixed, and I want it to get fixed soon. Amen. And you're right, they do look at the stuff we post. <laughs> I've talked to I've talked oh, yeah. to Bob Murray about some of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, he, he does look, and and he doesn't, he doesn't get happy when he sees certain things. Oh, he probably yeah. hates me. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, I'm just trying to be honest. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and and say what I think you want to hear. I want to. I, I I I'm pride myself on on saying what I want, not what I want. Obviously, I'm not going to get in trouble again. But <laughs> no, I just if it's on my mind, I have an opinion. I, I want to say it. And obviously, it's just you know some people agree with it, which is fine. Some people don't, which is fine too. It's just I'm here to talk, talk and give my opinion. And not just you know give everything the the, the half full statement and and the stuff you want to hear. So maybe if he listens, you know, I maybe I'm being a little critical, but hey, you know, w- winning to me is important. Being the best is important. I, I strive for that in my life now, and I want my team to strive for that. And not just my team. I want every team in the National Hockey to strive to be their very best. That's what makes it competitive and fun to watch. Again. But screw Minnesota. I'm sorry. I had to say screw Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, and the Kings. And for me, the Kings, right? Or everybody, the Kings, the Sharks. Oh, yeah. And, and they, have a, they have a five-game win streak, too, and Kopitar's tearing it Quiet. up. It's like, yeah, at, it's like I want to just go and put my head in the toilet and give myself a swirly. Well, all righty then. With that image, uh, we do have more fan questions to cover. But before that, uh, one of the sponsors I talked about on uh, last show is actually sponsoring this show uh, and the next couple shows. It's uh, Manscaped. They uh, actually gave Eddie and I their product. We uh, tried it out. Uh, tell you a little bit about them real quick, and then we'll go into more fan questions and league news and wrap up the show. But um they're uh supporting this show ducks and pucks uh you know like i said brought to you by them um and and they're the best in the men's below the waist grooming uh manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for uh, your grooming experience Uh, it's trusted by over two million uh, men worldwide and we have an offer for you too uh to our listeners uh 20 off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com, uh, you know, put in your order and then put in ducks and pucks uh, as your uh, code there. So uh, check them out. I, I got the product and uh, Eddie got it too. I, I've tried it already and I like it. Um, it's very it, it's very helpful. Um, it, it's easy. Uh, just make sure you put the little guard there on the razor. Use that first and then and then use it. Because I heard some people telling me that they used it without the guard and 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 were like, what the heck? And I'm like, man, you know, you got to. Do do how it's uh, shown on there, you know. Use it the right way. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it's it's a great thing. I used it. Um, I know it's mainly supposed to be 
uh, you know, around uh, the men's private area. But I also use it on a small part of my back. I mean, maybe TMI for those of you out there, but you know, um, I have that little part there too. So I, I used it. I thought it was great. Um, and I think it's funny. One of their uh, little talking points that uh, is hilarious is they say, don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as your balls. That's just nasty. <laughs> so check them out. I, I, I think it's hilarious. It's, it's a, a good product. I've used it. And um, yeah, I mean, that's I, I know, Eddie, you, you haven't used it yet, but I know you like the presentation of, of what they sent. Oh yeah, it, it was just awesome. Like the box was just, just like with me, I, I, I analyze every little detail of things, and it's the whole presentation of it was awesome. My buddy that lives with me, my roommate, my best friend, my brother, I love him. He the only complaint he had from this was that we didn't offer him a discount code when he bought his a few months ago. But he said he loves it, and he the, the best advice since I haven't used mine yet, I've been busy. He said, uh, just take your time, guys, girls, whoever uses it, whatever, uh, whoever can use the product. He said, just take your time when you're when you're using it in those below areas because he learned how to learn the hard way. <laughs> but, you know, thank you for sending me our kit. I'm looking forward to jumping into this and using it. I did rock the shirt, though, and I love the little slogan, uh, your balls will thank you. I <laughs> think that was the funniest, the funniest thing in the world. And when I posted this picture on social media, I, I just totally forgot that slogan. I posted it on my Facebook, and I forgot my mom, and I have my family on there. I'm like, oh, great. I posted a picture saying, my, your balls will thank you. <laughs> I posted it on my story. It was Luckily, it was my story, and I looked, so my mom didn't see it, which was cool. So I posted another picture with kind of like covering that spot because like, I don't want my mom to see like your balls will thank you. I don't want my mom knowing I shaved my balls. It's kind of weird. <laughs> That's TMI. That's TMI. But <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> go, ahead and, uh, go ahead and check them out. Save 20% off, and let us know what you think. Yeah, it's so far so good. So um, with that, let's get back to some of these questions, and then uh, we'll talk about what happened around the league. We had some outdoor games as well, and then wrap up the show. Uh, more of you guys asking about um, uh, you know Zegers type stuff. We had one from uh, GSOTS. He asked, you know, who do we want to see Zegers play with? Um, I, I thought he did fine with Sam Steele and uh, Silverberg in that game. Uh, the one player I would like to see him uh, hit the ice with is Comtois. I think that would be exciting to see those two at least out there. So that that's, you know, at least them two uh, on a line uh, playing, and maybe with Silverberg too or, or whoever. But I want to see those two and just kind of see what kind of chemistry that they could develop, Eddie. Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely want to see them too. You know what? Throw Delorier in that line too. Just like get some more beef on that line. Uh, let other teams know, hey, if you're going to take runs that are, you know, our score or our rookie, you have to deal with him. And I don't think a lot of players in the league want to fight Delorier. But I would definitely want to see uh, Zegris and Comtois on a line together. And I think it, it can make some magic. One person like loves the score. The other one can make sweet passes. Like, it's a match made in heaven and get some offense going. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's what you look to see uh, in these next couple of games, who he's paired up with. Maybe it changes up. We had, uh, yo, hey, it's Chris on uh, Instagram talking about uh, Hakampa's emergence, which I do like. He's been playing well. And he says, do you think Manson is available? Uh, basically, for a trade is what he's saying. And what could we get for him? You know, I, this, this one's tough because I know people bring up Manson. And then I forgot there was that funny quote where they're like, you don't trade your own son or something like that with, uh, with Manson because Murray likes him so much. I, I don't... No, if they would, because again, the issue with this team is having that stay-at-home physical defenseman. 
And the Ducks don't really have that right now. I mean, Manson's been out and there's nobody there. Um, so I, I think that's the thing. I, is If you had another one on the team, then yeah, I could see that. But as of right now, I, I just don't see Manson going anywhere, at least, at least for this season. No, I can't see it either. Uh, Matson, we definitely need him. The Ducks get rid of him. It's going to make them even that much more worse and less gritty, which we desperately need. I think he's been dealing with some injuries. It's really kind of cuffed him the last couple seasons. I think once he gets back to form, he'll get to that that top four defenseman like he's used to, bringing that grit and that stay-at-home kind of defenseman kind of style, kind of – Put some punishment on the teams, not letting players or other players get in front of Gibson too much and answering the call, especially when you nick or hit Gibson. He'd probably be the first one to jump in there and make you make you pay, get some hell. So I'm looking forward to him coming back, but I don't think he would. I don't think he's going anywhere, but who knows? They waved Henrique the other day, so who knows what Murray's thinking and what's going to pop in his mind or if he just throws darts at numbers and whatever number pops up, he's going to blame that person for it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and we had we had another question about Manson too. We had Ann uh, Cosby too. She asked, you know, when is Manson going to come back? And we actually just had some updates on uh, him and Lindholm. They're you know they've been skating with the team at practice. They did go on the road trip. They haven't said when they're going to return, but it sounds like Lindholm is closer to returning than Manson, according to what Akins is saying. So that's where we're at. And also, uh, Rowney is still out uh, as of now. Uh, was hasn't practiced since taking that nasty hit um, in that last game. So that's kind of where we're at with the injuries. Uh, the other part of this weekend, which was actually the fun part, but also I guess crazy. This this NHL weekend was nuts, at least for the Ducks, right? When you had Henry getting waved, you had Zegers coming up, and then you had two outdoor games. And you had the longest intermission in the history of the NHL. I was really looking forward to this Vegas-Colorado game. And if you guys remember, you know, after the Henrique news, that game came on. That game was supposed to be on before the Ducks and Wild game. It started, then the ice fell apart. And then I watched that game after the Ducks-Wild game. So Saturday was a crazy day of hockey uh, with everything going on. And then I did watch... The uh, Bruins and Flyers the next day. I turned it off once that game got out of hand because I was just kind of over it. But I had mixed feelings about this, Eddie. I I liked it. The scenery was obviously fantastic. Uh, The lack of fans I did not like, of course. Uh, I mean, it's given the situation. But I felt the ice thing, uh, man, it just was a big cluster. And I think with everything going on right now, that maybe they should have waited until they could have had some fans. I mean, I know that location where they're at. I mean, they're right there by the water. You, you couldn't have a ton of fans. I mean, maybe they could have moved it a little bit back or whatnot. But I don't know. I, I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but I just felt like maybe it was too rushed or maybe the, the planning wasn't the best because the ice was terrible. People were flopping all over the place after that first period in the Vegas-Colorado game. Uh, and, you know, obviously they played it later in the day. And then, of course, the next day they played that game later as well. So the the sights were exciting and all that. But I, I think it was kind of a swing and a miss overall. And that was just my opinion. It was a beautiful, beautiful backdrop, beautiful scenery. Uh, I really wish they would have had fans. Yeah, I get it. They chose that location because they weren't going to be able to have fans. But to have something that special and something different, 
they needed some fans. That was their own personal mystery, Alaska. And fans, it would have been the ultimate fan experience for, for some fans. They could have even just get, gave a certain amount of tickets away to first responders if you wanted to do that, just to have some people there. I think that's an experience that would have been awesome. I, it's just great. And I think the, the, the only the bad execution was they didn't have fans for that, especially an outdoor game. It's outdoors. If you want to have fans, it's kind of social distance, whatever. You, it's the perfect spot. You're outdoors. But whatever, that's, I don't make those decisions. If they did, I'd be playing on Mars or something. But I don't know. You know what? I think I'm the only person that was kind of happy that it got delayed for that eight hours because I was still like kind of rushing everything. I was covering this game for Denver Avs page. So I was like, okay, I need to cover this game. I can go to the gym for an hour and a half, get back, and then watch the Ducks play to do the recap for the Ducks. But then this whole delay happened, so like, hey, I have more time to go to the gym. So I'm like, cool. So I have to get my full workout in. And I think it was kind of cool. You have playing the first period where it's supposed to happen and things change. Eight hours later, you're playing dark. I don't know. I liked it. I liked the way everything worked out. I liked the way the fact that the Avalanche won. And that's their first home or their first outdoor game they won. They lost the one against Detroit several years ago, which I was there, my first stadium series game, which was awesome. I had tickets to go to the Ducks and Kings. My grandma passed away, unfortunately, so I couldn't make it out to that game. So I made up for it for that. They lost against the Kings, boo, uh, last season, which was terrible. So it's good to see them finally win. And beating Vegas, good, good job. Beat Vegas. And thank God Vegas didn't wear those atrocious gold helmets. That would have been bad. But yeah, I, I think and the the Bruins just put a spanking on the Flyers, and, and it was cool seeing the Bruins like dress up in that retro look, embracing it. And, and I think it was fun. I and I, I forgot the guy's last name, Nick, something with the C. That guy was an MVP of the freaking weekend that works for NHL because he was posting videos and clips and pictures. He was all over it. It made it more enjoyable. Like I was there. Like the pictures he was posting, the angles he was posting at. He just made. He brought that to all of us fans that weren't be able to that go there because we couldn't go there. So that was kind of cool to see. I'm really glad uh, that the hockey and the NHL did something outside the box, and they did something different. I, that was really cool. I'm pretty sure people that didn't even like hockey were like, "Hey, they're gonna play outdoors, you know, by the lake." It was something different, and I hope they continue with it. I just hope that they have some fans that can go along with it. Who knows? Maybe the Ducks can get an outdoor game in a neutral location somehow. Hopefully, if they get a little better and or make, keep making, I don't know, Zegras make some splash or something. Who knows? Keep pissing off Arizona. They can have their own little outdoor game somewhere. Yeah, those outdoor games, that's one thing that does kill me. It's like the Ducks had that one against the Kings and then nothing. You know, it's like, why don't they have... Chicago had like 27 of them. Yeah, why, why not have... The Ducks and the Kings at uh, Angel Stadium, or the Ducks and the Sharks at Angel Stadium. Like, I mean, come on, you know. Or well, I know. Well, I I had that article, that great idea. The Ducks, it was their 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 anniversary winning the cup. Why not do like a rematch game with the Senators and the Ducks at that Angel Stadium? When I mentioned that years ago, you could have. Uh, those like alumni game, bring the old school players back from each team played before. I think that would have been a decent idea when it got some coverage, kind of a you know a revenge, not revenge game, but I, I don't know. It's just 
I just want to see the Ducks play outdoors, so I want to go watch them. I don't care where they play. I don't care who they play. If they play Minnesota, I'll even go over there and be happy to be in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it's just another outdoor game would be exciting. I, You know, one thing I did do uh, or did like about uh, these games were those retro jerseys. I really liked Colorado's, of course, because if you know, they used to be the Quebec Nordiques, so I like those throwback. And I know some people don't, I guess, maybe have mixed feelings, but I like the Vegas red jerseys. I, I think they look pretty cool I, I like that look um you know minus any gold helmets obviously but I, I like those so when they came out with those it looked really good I, I just thought that that was a part that was kind of cool in that game despite like we said all the other stuff going on so hopefully we'll see more of these in the future next season with fans and whatnot but that was kind of uh, a little bit of a change the weekend something if you if you watched it you know great if not then you know is what it was but uh uh, I guess the only other little news that we have to wrap up, uh, it's kind of serious stuff, I guess, but uh, we had some stuff in New York, Eddie. I know you want to just touch on it real quick before uh, we wrap up the show. Yeah, speaking of New York, too, like when I found out Henrique cleared waivers, I was a little afraid to go to sleep that night because I was just thinking, like, okay, how can Murray piss off this fan base even more? And then I just expected the next day, Tony D'Angelo to the Ducks for Adam Henrique. <laughs> it's like, oh, that would have just sent everyone. There would have been riots in Anaheim. There would have been riots. Like people would have just lost their minds. Like like if they would have called Zegers up and then not played him or sent him back down, people would have lost their minds. But thank gosh that didn't happen. But it, it seems like New York's having another issue, off ice issue. With now it's Panarin's getting a, some battery allegations thrown on him from ten years ago, saying that he struck a, a woman in a nightclub. He went on leave for from the team. This has all happened after he made some political statements against Russia and, or actually against uh, Russia, Russian's president, Putin. Uh, he made some unflattering statements about him. Um, you guys can go look him up and see what he said. It's just, it's one of those things now, I keep mentioning it. We don't pay for you guys to give, or these players to give their political comments, their political opinions. If I want to hear that, I'll go listen to one of these these political analysts that, that talk on TV, I'm pretty sure they're everywhere. I, I try to avoid that. But this is another example. Keep your, your your politics to yourself and out of the media. However you feel, you can discuss it amongst your family, your friends, but there's no need for it. We don't want to hear it. We don't tune in to hear this. And now it just came to bite him in the butt. Did he hit the woman? I don't know. I wasn't there. Some people are saying he didn't. Some people are saying that, that it's just a, some attack because he went after the Russian president. But what really gets me about this story, Mike, is he took a leave of absence from the team for this. So if you're not guilty of anything, like why even take the, why not just brush it off? Like, hey, I, I know I didn't do anything. I know I wasn't wrong. I, that, that's what's this kind of that's kind of bothering me about the situation. But you know what? This is one of these situations where Ducks fans can be happy. Like, hey, at least our team don't have to deal with off like off ice issues like this. Like New York has to deal with their other teams that for some reason find themselves consistently on the off-ice radar. So uh, that's one positive thing I can say about the Ducks, and that's one prideful thing that we can say is our players know how to conduct themselves off the ice great, and there's never any issues. And, you know, they're they're humans just like everybody else. I'm pretty sure they've had some issues that they handle it internally and didn't let it get bust out of control or they didn't act unprofessional out in public where it got them on that radar and got that negative thing and kind of tarnished Anaheim Ducks' name. So I'm glad that happened, and I'm glad there's no issue with that. I know uh, Milano had an issue back in Columbus, but it's just one mis- one bar fight, one mistake, and it's swept under the rug, and no one cares about that anymore. But it's just 
New York going with T- uh, Tony D'Angelo now this it's just like man you guys what next they, uh, stuff comes in threes like oh, well, what do you need next to happen but I guess that's like I said one thing that I'm really happy about Ducks that we don't have to deal with this off ice issues and I'm actually knocking on wood now because I don't want to jinx that luck yeah, I mean, that's a good point. This All the stuff with the Ducks, I mean, yeah, we're upset. Of course, we're passionate. We love our team. But the stuff we're talking about is on-ice stuff, performance stuff. We're, at least we're not talking about crazy other stuff. Or like, remember all the stuff the Senators were going through and everything. Now you got New York's going through this stuff, uh, you know, right now. And all this, you know, crazy stuff like you talked about. So, yeah, that is a thing to think about to kind of put it in perspective, not not making light of everything that's going on in Anaheim, but at least we're talking about the team trying to win and how they're doing on the ice. So think about it that way. So um, we'll wrap up the show. I've got a couple reminders, too, for you. We are teaming up with Mercury Insurance. They are having um, their Super uh, Ducks Fan Contest. Um, so if you want to enter that and win, um, you can go on their website. Uh, they're giving away prizes to the biggest Ducks fans. You can go to mercuryinsurance.com ducks. And that's your chance to prove if you are the world's biggest Ducks fan. You can also on social media post videos and photos. And you use the hashtag MercuryDucksSuperFan uh, as well. And you know, there's a lot of good stuff on there, Eddie. I don't know if you checked it out, but they have like a big flat screen TV. There's like autographed uh, uh, stuff and there's jerseys. There's a lot of good stuff that people can uh, win on there. And if you're a subscriber to us, we're going to give away a puck and a jersey. We'll have some details on our stuff we're going to do in a little bit. But um, it's a great contest to enter, Eddie. And I think it's you know something to try and get fans pumped up, especially with this season, the way everything's going. I don't know what I like more, the, 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 those jerseys or the TV. I, I, I don't know. I've been kind of a jersey collector as of, as of late, but that's a pretty good giveaway. They're really, uh, they're really swinging out of the park with this one, or swinging out of the rink, if you want to say, change the words. I'm thinking about baseball. I don't know why I don't even follow baseball. I know I really like it, but it's kind of weird. But, yeah, good for them. I'm glad that we can team up with them, We uh, that we can pass the puck around, and hopefully uh, one of you fans can score that lucky goal and get that TV and jerseys. Yeah, so check it out. Like I said, uh, mercuryinsurance.com slash ducks. Uh, we also wrote an article on it. If you didn't see it, so you can go to Ducks and Pucks on there. We talk a little bit more about it. And and make sure you subscribe to the show on and, you know any of the Podomatics, Spreaker, whatever, everywhere that we can be. So just make sure you're on one of those as a subscriber, and we'll uh, give some uh, contest rules in the next couple shows about how we're going to give away that stuff. And we thank Mercury, obviously, of course, for uh, allowing us to give away that stuff to you. And like we talked about earlier, the show was brought to you by uh, Manscaped. Um, you can get 25% off and free shipping with the code Ducks and Pucks at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping um, at their website. And like we said, use that code Ducks and Puck. Um, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So there's that as well. And also check out tpnhockey.com. We do have our free Z shirt up on there. I guess it has different meanings now because before it was it was free Z to you know bring them up to Anaheim and now it's free Z to give them more ice time. So <laughs> look for that. Like I said, tpnhockey.com. And again, I just want to thank everybody that's worked on our website helping us out. Um, talked about uh, Thomas doing a lot of the San Diego Gold stuff. He's come on the show before. George had a good article uh, recently talking about a lot of these issues with the team. We also have Logan who's been writing some stuff as well. 
And then Aaron and Mario, they also help out uh, covering the games, uh, obviously along with Eddie as well. So I just thank everybody for working on all that together. And we'll keep doing the shows depending on what happens. I mean, like I said, this is like the, the most interesting team in the NHL because stuff keeps happening. So the more uh, things come out, uh, the more shows we'll have. So uh, stay tuned. Probably be back in a week, week and a half. And uh, as always, let's go Ducks.